Welcome to the Home Class Movie Chat, the place to get into all things movies. We'll leave no genre untouched, from romance to horror, adventure to comedy, and everything in between. We'll cover the good, the great, the bad, and the can I please get the last two hours of my life back ones you really wish that you could forget. So grab your popcorn and soda, sit back, and relax. It's time for the Home Class Movie Chat with Cat and Paul. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Home Class Movie Chat. I'm your host, Paul, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Kat. Hey, everybody. Yes, we're here to do another episode. What are we doing today? What, A Princess one? Bride. Why did we decide to do this one? What was the What was the reason behind this? I don't know, because I was actually wondering that one myself, because I thought we were going to be doing blockbusters and things like this, but was this really considered a blockbuster? It is a cult classic. It is one of the most eminently quotable movies of all time. And it's just awesome. Okay, you say that it's it's a cult classic. If it's a cult classic, how come I have only seen it twice? First time being, it was so forgettable, I forgot about it. And the second time, I watched it with you. You've seen it with me both times. Yeah. And it just shows a lack of class and taste on your part. Because it is like one of the best movies ever. I, I've, you know, yeah, well, I, I mean, look, as I said, I had never seen this movie until I saw it with you. Um, yeah, Inconceivable! I just, see, and, and, I mean, I'd list, I watched the movie and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. Inconceivable! As you can hear, everyone, that seems to be her only thing she's going to be saying today is inconceivable. As is you inconceivable? Is it inconceivable that you're saying this? You should as see you her wish. as I as I wish. <laughs> okay. Now it, well, it's just seriously one of my favorite movies of all time. It has that quotable status that it shows up in um, pop culture. Like for example, uh, yet another thing that appeared on and was referenced on The Big Bang Theory. Was it? Yeah, remember when uh, Sheldon and Amy broke up and Sheldon was taking the fencing class from Barry Kripke. Oh, and yeah. And they were with Raj and Howard and Leonard and they were practicing and Howard and Raj were doing the, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. Hello, I am Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. You know, it's one of those quotable movies. And the thing is that I, I didn't really understand the reference because I hadn't, I, as I said, I couldn't remember seeing this movie with you. Just because you... it's not a horror movie doesn't mean it no, is good. No, I'm not saying it's just because it's a horror movie that it's it's bad. It's it's not. A, you know, it's it's fine. As I said, it's just when I had heard of "Hello, my name is Alego Matoya." Um, I in Big Bang Theory, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's funny, but I don't know where it, it came from because I really couldn't. That's remember just because you weren't paying attention. Movie. No, because I hadn't remembered seeing this movie. That's so what when I'm you saying. Said, you weren't paying attention. Because yeah, because so when you anyway, said let's I... Let's get on to it. Ding. Every time you say, let's go get on with it or whatever, I'm going ding, just to see how many dings you're going to get today. So that's your first one. So oh, just, right. so you're gonna, oh, you're going to keep a little tally sheet? I'm going to give you a tally sheet of how many dings I'm giving you today. Okay. okay let's move on. Um. So The Princess Bride is a 1987 American fantasy adventure comedy film directed and co-produced by Rob Reiner, 
Smith and does. Anything by Rob Reiner is freaking brilliant, man. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got he's got the magic touch with this one. Um, starring uh, Carrie Yules. Elways. Is it? Carrie Elways. Elways. Yeah. I said that. Um, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Chris Sarandon. I remember him. Who from... I have actually seen perform live in New York City. It was amazing. He was he did the light in the piazza. Ah, well, I just remember him from Jerry Dandridge's in uh, Jerry Dandridge in uh, Fright Night. And I swear that at one point he looked straight at me. It was amazing. But I have to tell you, anytime I see Chris Sarandon in anything else now, it's oh my god, it's Lord Humperdinck. Ah, uh, you Prince see, Humperdinck. You... So you see you see him with that one. I see him as Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, because this was the first thing I ever saw him in. But you know, he was also in um, Chucky as well. Why would I know that? Oh, I'm just saying he was in Chucky. He was the police detective in Ch- in Chucky. Or better yet, why would I? Oh, care? in Child's Play. Sorry. Better yet, why would I care? Oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> we're just making conversation while you're sitting at the beach and I'm sitting in the office. Um, also stars Wallace Shawn. Andre the Giant. I, I was Bail Andre very, the Giant. I was finding it very hard to understand him because because he's so his voice is so deep and because he he was another nationality. Yeah, he has a very thick accent. Yeah, and Christopher Guest. It was adapted by William Goldman from his 1973 novel The Princess Bride. It tells the story of a farmhand named Wesley, accompanied by companions, befriended along the way, who must rescue his true love, Princess Buttercup. <laughs> Okay, now From let's the say odious... that again with a straight face. I'm finding it very hard. To... <laughs> I, I know Prince... Buttercup is a hard name to say with a straight face. Princess Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> From the odious Prince Humperdinck. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck! The film essentially preserves the novel narrative style by presenting the story as a book being read by a grandfather, Peter Falk, to his sick grandson, Fred Savage. The, let's just say it also has Carol Kane and Billy Crystal in it, and their scene is one of the best of the movie as well. Yeah, I'm just looking to see. Oh, yeah, they were credited. Um, yeah. Billy Crystal was. Who else was there? Uh, Carol Kane. Yeah, she wasn't credited. Yeah, no. she, yeah she was. No, she wasn't. But anyway, not where you're looking, but she, it's in her IMDb credit, trust oh, me. Oh, okay. It was released in September 25th, 1987. It's 98 minutes long. Do you know how, how, how have a guess what the budget was? Um, no. Okay, $16 million for the budget. The box office was $30.9 million. So, yeah, it wasn't actually a bad return, but it wasn't a blockbuster. Actually, I got to tell you, though, I read the book back when I was in, like, junior high or high school and absolutely loved it but couldn't remember the name of it and and was never able to find it again. It was this weird little older book that had like no picture or anything on the cover I just for whatever reason decided to randomly pick it and read it and fell in love with it could not remember the name of it and was desperately trying to find it again and then many years later I was traveling and I was meeting up with a friend later and I decided to take myself to a movie and while I was waiting for my friend to get off work and it happened to be the princess bride and I was about halfway through the movie when I suddenly realized that this was that book this was the movie you were. The, this was yeah, the book this you were movie for. was the book I'd been looking for for years. I wonder if you can get that uh, like on Amazon in like a, a softback or a hardback cover. Oh, I'm sure you can find it still. Yeah, it's, it's actually a brilliant book, and that's one of the reasons why the script is so good is because the author of the book actually wrote the script for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Um, the film was released in the United States on September 25th, 1987, as I said. It was well-received by critics at the time, but was only a modest box office success. Over the time, the film has become a cult film. The film Thank you! Num- cult classic! The film is number 50 on Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies. Number ha. 80... What? Ha! Yeah, I know. Uh, number 88 on the American Film Institute's AFI. AFI's 100 Years, 100 Passions list of the 100 Greatest Film Love Stories Mm -hmm. and 46 in Channel 4's 50 Greatest greatest Comedy Film list. It's an awesome movie. Okay. You're you're stupid for thinking that it's not. So, there. (laughs) In in 2016, the film was inducted into the National Film Registry being deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The film also won the 1988 Hugo Award for the Best Dramatic Presentation. Well, there you go. It's an so, awesome movie. So, you're so really what they've essentially said in, in that little bit that I read is that in the event that the world explodes or whatever or the world dis, dis, you know, everyone, world disappears and the aliens go down, come down to the, you know, come down the world and they go to the National Film Registry, they can sit and watch The Princess Bride. So in other words, they said Cat is right and Paul's a poopy head. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm actually reading <laughs> that part of the thing. Don't actually say anything about. It says cat's right, but it says nothing about Paul being a poopy head. It just says cat was right and pull the ripcord to drop the confetti over your head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's basically what I've done. I've pulled the ripcord, and yes, it, it's, yes, I've got confetti over my head, and everything is joyous and happy with the world. Okay, so let's actually talk about the Princess Bride. Ding. That's number two. The film is an enactment of a, a book that a grandson reads to his sick grandson who initially dismisses the story. The grandson reads it to his grandson? No. the grand. Did I say grandson? No, you said grandson reads it to his grandson. <laughs> okay, we'll try that again. The film is enacted of a book that a grandfather reads to his sick grandson. Vale Peter Falk, love him so much. Yeah, he was in um, Columbo. Was it Columbo? Yeah, it was no. Columbo. was Columbo. He always had that lazy eye. Yeah, well, it's actually a glass eye. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a glass eye. Um, I actually, and I always will know him as Columbo and love him as Columbo, but it, my favorite role of his, aside from the grandfather, is he was in the French version of City of Angels, you know, the one with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually a remake of a French film. And, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and you know the, the part that... Um, Franz played the 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 guy that was in the hospital who used to be the angel. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the part pay, played by Peter Falk in the original film that was in French. Oh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, because I thought the City of Angels was just a regular. No. It wasn't it? Was just no. It was a remake of a French film. Oh, didn't realize it was a remake. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we the tale is about Buttercup, a young girl. <laughs> young woman, I should say, living on a farm in a, in a in the fictitious. I don't know why I can't read today. Maybe it's because we went for a big, long walk and I'm tired. Living on a farm in the fictional kingdom of Florin. Whenever she tells the farmhand and Wesley to do something, he always complies saying, As you wish. wish. She eventually realizes that she loves her, that he loves her and she loves him. When did they actually realize this part? I was halfway through, wasn't it? The, The opening scene? But yeah, they... well, it was in the opening scene, and she kept telling him things like, farm boy, uh, sh- uh, shine my saddle. I want to see my face reflected in it by morning. 
as you wish. And then oh, she realized right. that every time he said, as you wish, he, what he really meant was, I love you. And then there was the day that surprised her even more when she realized that she loved him. And he came into the building and, and she's looking around. She's like, farm boy, uh, fetch me Grab down that, that picture. And yeah. he says, as you wish. And that's when she realized that she loved him too. So the opening scene is beautiful because it's, it really shows you a beautiful um, scene of the countryside. And they're they're living out in the middle of nowhere, and obviously, you know, being in this this era, you know, there she's living on her farm, and it just looks absolutely beautiful. But yeah, you are right; he was very much uh, completely besotted with her, completely in love with her. But then he, um, you know, Wesley leaves his uh, to seek his fortune overseas, so he can so they can marry. I didn't realize that that was what they were actually planning on. That's what he did. Yeah. I thought he just left for the war or something. No, 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 no. He he actually said to her that he wanted to go and make his fortune so that he could, um, could marry her. be worthy of her. When his ship is attacked by the dread, dreaded... Red Pirate Roberts. Yeah, exactly. Who is infamous for, leave, for never leaving survivors, Wesley is presumed dead, and Buttercup vows to never love a man again. I shall never love again. So how was it then... Oh, okay. So this is where we're getting to. Okay. Did you sleep through this or what? I must have slept through this because I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering this. But as I said, this is why I think a lot of the this movie for me is forgettable because I didn't real, I didn't realize I'd actually seen this with you before. Yeah, which just blows my mind because it's freaking awesome. But yeah, but yet I can see horror movies that I haven't watched in well over 10 years, but yet I know every, every yeah, part I know. of the movie. Just because it's not a horror movie doesn't no, look I mean, forgettable. No, I'm not completely in, in, you know, encased with horror movies. I mean, I obviously watch other movies too, but this is one that just seems to me to be rather forgettable. No, it's not. Let's I mean, there were, there, were some, there were some ding. There were some actually really great um, parts of the movie, um, you know, Allegro Montoya. But we're getting to that one. So five years later, Buttercup is forced to become betrothed to Prince Hupertink, the heir to the throne of Florin. I, I love uh, Chris Sarandon on this one. He, he... Oh, Chris Sarandon was freaking brilliant in this role. He is so beautifully evil in this. But the only a... one that really competes for him on a level of evilness is Count Rogan. Now, who was he? The torturer. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the 16 year yeah. man. Yeah, he, he wasn't really. I don't know. It was he a won. different kind of evil. Yeah, I know. But as I said, I... Prince I, Humperdinck is evil. Uh, Count Rogan is a, is a psychopath. Oh, okay. So before the wedding, she is kidnapped by three outlaws, a short Sicilian boss named... Vizzini. Vizzini. That's right. A giant from Greenland named Fezzik, and a Spanish fencing master named In Inigo Montoya who seeks revenge against a six-fingered man who murdered his father. <laughs> you think that's funny? No, I just I'm just I'm just remembering Mandy Patinkin, you know, with his whole thing of he spent 20 years trying to find the six-fingered man who who um did him wrong and killed his father. And he's been, you know, like when they're on the boat, when they're on the ship. And yeah. it's and it's like they 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 they've already stolen um the princess. So they're taking her away. I guess they're going to hold her for ransom, aren't they? No. They're not going to hold her for ransom? Oh, you really didn't pay attention. Okay. So they're I out in the forest. You slept through some of this movie. And yet the I'm, only joy you know, that she had 
was her daily ride. So they were hiding in the forest, waiting for her to come because she always took the same path. And they stopped and they said, um, you know, we are but poor circus performers. Tell me, is there a town or village nearby where we could earn our keep? And she says, uh, no, there's nothing here for miles. And then he says, good, then no one will hear you scream. And he has Fezzik grab her and they tie her up and they put her in the boat. And he tears the uniform of a gilder soldier and attaches it to her horse and then sends her horse back because eventually he's going to go home to the stable at the castle and they'll find that. And they will think that gilder has stolen her and they're trying to start a war. Oh, right. Okay, so... Because Humperdinck will take revenge on gilder for... Uh, because they're going to find her lifeless body on the shoreline. So they, so their intention was to kill her, not to keep her. Was to kill her and start a war. Right. Okay. Well, that sounds. Yeah. That doesn't sound very nice for a well, that, uh, a happy family movie. Bizzini is evil. Yes. I know, and I didn't actually. I didn't. This is one of the movies that I didn't hear any swearing in. Mm -mm. There's no. That's because there isn't any. It's a totally clean movie. There's no sex. There's no nudity. There's no swearing. There's not no, even I... drinking. No, there wasn't actually no, any of that no, either. No, it's a 100% clean family film. Yeah, so anyone who's listening to this, to this podcast, if you've got children that, that you want to, you know, entertain for 98 minutes, then, yeah, this would be the one I'd... And one of my favorite... And, and, and in fact, on that same line, when they're in the boat, she is, you know, they're distracted because there's someone behind them and they're trying to decide if they're being followed or not. And she jumps overboard to try and swim back to shore and escape. And that's where they have the screaming eels and they get louder right before they attack. That's right. And one of them starts coming after her and the, the grandfather stops reading and says to the grandson, she doesn't get eaten by eels. He's like, what are you talking about? And he says, well, you were looking rather tense. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, she does not get eaten by eels. Yeah. I liked the fact that the way this movie was, was done is that it intercuts between him reading the story to his grandson. Cause remember he, there was um, in the first part, when he, uh, Wesley goes away, he kisses um, the, the his, his girl, Buttercup. And the, the little boy who's hearing the story. Is this goes, a kissing oh, book? A kissing book. Oh, <laughs> Grandpa, more kissing. Well, there may come a time when you don't think it's so bad. Now be quiet. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. It, but, when, but it is. I mean, it intercuts between the, the actual movie and the story being told by the grandfather but not so much to be annoying which is nice no no it wasn't overpowering there are certainly some movies out there who are who's overpowering when it comes to things like that because it's like oh for god and, and, and i love the line he's like you know because when they they were first doing that at the beginning and he's like don't worry she gets kidnapped by pirates oh kidnapped by pirates is good <laughs> yeah he gets excited about that one but just the ah oh, kissing. kissing there's kissing but um, so the uh, the outlaws are pursued by Prince Humperdinck and his soldiers and a masked man clad all in black. See, okay, so they're in the boat and they they swear that there is someone following them. And Vizzini's like, inconceivable! No one knows that we're here. And Fezzik and Inigo are like, I don't think he, that means what he thinks it does because it's happening. Because Inigo so Motoya keeps looking behind him. Behind him. And Fezzik's like, why are you looking behind you? No, there is no Vizzini. one there. Vizzini. And then it, and of Vizzini. And then it's like, you know, looking behind him going, yeah, there is someone there. Someone's following us. Inconceivable. But when he, when she jumps off the boat, I, I like the fact that he goes, okay, princess, 
you got one of two options. You can either get killed by the screaming eels or you can swim back here to safety. And the thing that I love is he's like, and you'll come back here and no harm will befall you. And it's like, dude, you're planning to kill me. Exactly. But <laughs> but I guess I guess her their way of killing her would probably be quicker than the screaming eels. Than the screaming eels. But I love how Andre the Giant just reaches over, bops it on the head, and then hoiks her out. <laughs> I know. He's oh my god, his hands were enormous. He was enormous, period. Yeah, I know. He really was. I he's can't like remember. Eight feet tall. I know. I'm just seeing what he was. Um, just doing a quick search of Andre the Giant. And apparently just the nicest guy in the world to work with, too. Andre the Giant. Okay, because I'm interested. So he died in 1993. Yeah. Uh, he was in May, uh, 19th of May 1946 to January the 27th, 1993. Doesn't say, oh, wow. He was billed at seven foot four inches tall. He weighed 520 pounds. Wow. He, he, yeah, he, he, he was billed from Grenoble in the French Alps. And he was a professional wrestler at one point. He was. He was a professional. Pro, he was a pro wrestler. Um, God, when did he? When, oh, okay. So he was, he was a pro wrestler for a long time. Yeah, he was we ran Through the uh, early 70s, through the early 80s. Yeah. Now, when did he die? Oh, he, can, he died of congestive heart failure yeah. in his sleep at a Paris hotel on the night of January the 27th. That's was, not altogether surprising considering his size. It was interesting. Um, wow, I didn't realize this. He was discovered by his chauffeur the next morning. He was in Paris to attend his father's funeral. While there, he decided to stay longer to be with his mother on her birthday. He spent the, the day before his death visiting and playing cards with some of his oldest friends. In his will, he specified that there's remains to be cremated and disposed of. Upon his death in Paris, his family in France held a funeral for him, intending to bury him near his father. When they learned of his wishes to be cremated and his body was flown to the United States where he was cremated, according to his wishes. Wow, his, his, his ashes were scattered at his ranch in North Carolina. Okay. In, a, in addition, in accordance with his will, he then left his estate to his sole beneficiary, his daughter, Robin. Oh, lovely. Wow. But okay. yeah, I didn't realize he was seven foot four and 520 pounds. I mean. Yeah. I didn't he, realize he weighed quite that much, but yeah. I'm over seven feet tall. Yeah. He was a pro wrestler from 1973 to 1991. Wow. That's he, a good character. He actually re retired two years before he died. Wow. Bloody hell. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to the movie. Ding. Okay, that's three. <laughs> no, that's four. Is that four? Okay, yeah. we keep it. Keep a track, everyone. That's four dings. <laughs> keep the show moving. That's what I'm counting. Anyway. Okay. Ding. That's five. The man in black confronts the outlaws atop of a cliff of insanity. This was awesome. I liked this one when he when Andre the Giant puts everyone onto his back and starts pulling them up the. Uh, up the cliff because this boat is continuously chasing them down. Yeah, so and they it, get there and they and they're going up the thing, and it's like, oh, he's behind us and he's gaining on us. Inconceivable. Well, I'm carrying three people and and he's got just himself. Yeah. So he they hook them all the way up to the top of the of the rocks Cliffs and of course, eternity. yeah. Then um, is it uh, it's not physic? Who's the leader of this? Vizzini. Uh, uh, Vizzini is the is the yeah Vizzini. So Vizzini cuts the rope and drops the rope over the edge, and of course 
that's when the black hooded man can't climb any further at the moment without he's, he's well, no he go, can it's just going to take him a it's little it's going to take him a while so of and, course and, Allegro okay, Mont- so Vizzini cuts the rope and he's like yeah. okay we're going to go on and he says to Anigo Montoya you take care of him and when you're done come and join us yeah like well it doesn't it would be because I'm such a master it would be unsporting to do it um so I'll I'll do it left-handed and, and Vizzini's like whatever just get rid of him so he's pacing around and he's waiting for the guy to climb and he's like can't you do that any faster he's like well you know I kind of I'd love to chat but I'm kind of busy here (laughs) a rope would help (laughs) and he's like well if you want to do something useful you could you know lower a tree branch or a rope or something because you know if you want me to come up faster because you hate waiting he's like I hate waiting so he does he lowers the rope he lets him up but he does say something which I thought was really good he says um uh Elego Montoya says I promise you, sir, I will not kill you until you reach the top. So until you reach, until you get up to the and top. And he says, here, all right, throw down the rope. Yeah. So he climbs up. And of course, he's out, the, the, the man in the black hood is out of breath. And he's like, well, I'll give you some time to recuperate and get yourself ready. And, Which I and thought was very, and he was says, really that's nice. very sporting of you. Thank you. And it was a bit of a conversation that they had. And he's like, well, I'm going to go left-handed to give you a chance. Well, and no, no, no. But even before that, as there, as, as the man in black is catching his breath. That's where we learn Inigo's backstory. And he tells him about, he's like, he says, I have to ask you, do you have um, six fingers on your right hand? And he holds up his hand and there's only five. And he's like, that's an odd question. He says, oh, I've spent the last 20 years seeking this man with uh, six fingers because he killed my, you know, he, he commissioned a blade and then refused to pay my father and then killed him and left me with this and points to the scars on his cheeks and he says from that moment i vowed that i would find my my this man and seek the revenge and he actually is carrying the sword that his father made for the and he, and he man. gives it to the the man in, in the black hooded man so he can just show him what a perfect weapon that yeah. he's got and it is a beautiful sword it is and then he gives it back to him and yeah. you know yeah and 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 then they fight and is like, oh, well, you're using a capapel, of course, considering the rocky terrain, you know, and they're going through and they're talking about the different attacks and defenses. And because they're both, it's like, oh, well, you've obviously studied, you know, which I would do unless my opponent has studied his grip, which I have. And, and he changes his grip to from left hand to right hand. Well, well no. And then he's like, wow, you're, you, you are amazing. He's like, I think he says, ah, but why are you smiling? He says, because I know something you don't know. I am not left handed. Ha ha. <laughs> and, and then the man in black is like, well, I know something you don't know. He's like, well, what's that? He's like, neither am I. <laughs> and he changes his. And, they, you know, and then eventually he, he goes on to defeat Inigo Montoya and whacks him across. He's like, I, I would as soon um, die as kill an artist such as yourself. However, since I cannot have you following me, he takes the hilt of his sword and whacks him on the head and leaves knocks him out. Knocks him out. Yeah. And, con- and continues on. And then, so cut to when um, Fezzig and Vizzini are going along and have Buttercup blindfolded blindfolded in her hands tied he says okay well he's 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 defeated the spaniard so now you need to defeat him in your way well what's my way hit him with a rock well that doesn't seem very sporting so he waits for the man in black to come around the corner and he misses him and he's like i didn't have to miss but i want to do this as god intended as men I'm just listening to this. It's it's it is just it's very inter- entertaining to actually have someone that is just so invested in the movie they can almost say it word for word. I'm it's almost like I'm watching the movie all o- over again. 
No hashi. And that's then and, and that is a good thing. Because no, seriously, if you ask me to almost go word for word on Fright Night or a horror movie that I really love, I would same as Blade Runner. Everyone has that has listened to Blade Runner on this podcast knows that I could do it word for word. So it's okay. actually really it's actually really nice to actually have this. It's not a uh, a comment on you know of, of how much you've seen this movie and how bad. No, I think it's wonderful. Um, so uh, so so he, so he does che- uh, he does choke a Vizzini of oh, sorry Fezzik yeah, into well, unconsciousness. Well, because basically what he does because <laughs> they go to start wrestling and he dives between his legs and he's like, oh, you're quick. <laughs> then he jumps on top, and of then you he jumps on his back, breaking. and he's and he's got him in the chokehold, and. Fezzik is like whacking him up against the rock face to try and knock him <laughs> off. He's like, oof! That's right. <laughs> you know, which is rather hilarious. And he's, because he can't reach him. He can't reach his arms around to get him because Carrie, the uh, Bland in Black is too too tiny and he just yeah. can't get him off his back. So he's trying to knock him off by knocking the wind out of him. Which he is com- comical at times. And... But he says that it's inter- he says it's been so long since he's fought one person that it's almost like he doesn't know how to do it anymore because it's different techniques to fight a group of men. Yeah. And eventually he gets him to black out and he rolls him over, makes sure he's still breathing and his heart's still beating. And he's like, okay. And he says, my friend, I do not envy you the headache that you will have when you will wake. But until then, may you have lovely, may you sleep, well, rest well and dream of large women. <laughs> Which I just thought was a great line. That was actually really quite good. And then he goes off to try and get um, Buttercup. And he comes across Vizzini, who is... Now, I don't know. We we were, we were all trying to work out, or you and I were trying to work out, where he got the little picnic set from. Because suddenly he's sitting in a rock with a, um, a tablecloth and with... Two wine glasses gob- and wine. Two wine goblets and wine. And he was sitting there trying to work... Uh, we were trying to work out, well, hang on. Where did he bring this from? Well, the only thing I can figure is that they knew they were going to be going this route and had it there to refresh themselves and considering it like a midpoint, having gotten up the cliffs of insanity and everything else. So they had a little picnic stashed away. That's all I can figure. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of these movies, you don't have to really put into reality what it really is, what it really signifies, because it's supposed to be a... You know, 98 minutes of just sitting there and it's just fantasy. You suspend it's fantasy. reality. So if you, if you start to sit there and go, oh, this is this or this is that, yeah, there's there's some glaring problems in that in that scene, but you don't really worry about it because. Yeah, and, and this is where Wallace Shawn has one of his most iconic lines as well. Um, but it, it, it you know, the, there are basically two cardinal rules to live by never get involved in a land war in Asia and never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> That's right, because he puts. Um, now, was it was it the man in black that puts the poison into yes, the, the goblet? powder. That's right, and then he put. Then he goes, okay, so which one would you drink, sir? And then, of course, he goes through a whole spiel of, well, you know, if I put it in front, if you put it in front of me, then that would automatically assume that it's not actually in front of me; it's in front of you. But if I grab yours, and you would know that it would that I was going to grab yours, so then that means that it so would So only really... a great fool would drink the wine in front of me, but however, you know that I am not a great fool, therefore I clearly cannot drink the wine in front of you. Yeah. And, and then, of he... course, he, he goes to, uh, I think I think the man in black um, distracts him for a moment and switches the, no, it wasn't him, it, the, uh, Vizzini was Vizzini the one that... does, yeah. And but he the, the, one that, the one that I love, so you've made your decision, not even close! That's right. <laughs> and then it does happen to... to Go okay. What's, hey, what's that? <laughs> and does the quick switch, and then yeah. of course it's like okay. So 
Yeah, so he, and then he goes through the old. Okay, let's drink. So now I realize that the one in front of me is the one that's not poisonous. And he goes, okay, is that your wish? Yes, it is. And he drinks. They both drink. And then, of course, Vizzini, over he goes. <laughs> and then over. <laughs> Which is one of the best parts of the movie as well. It's such a shame that people can't see what you do on podcasts. It's actually really interesting. <laughs> it's probably a good thing they can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being such a fool out of myself. Uh, no, no, this is this is this is the the advantages of being married to your po- your, your co-host. <laughs> I get a chance to watch this in real time. Going, oh my god, <laughs> people would love to watch this if we were videotaping. If we we should do a live, I don't know whether we could do a, a YouTube, live event, a YouTube one. Yeah, we could do like a live event and see people's reactions. Yeah, yeah, invite everybody onto the Zoom with us. Oh yeah, let's everyone. Yeah, everyone. You know, we could to- do that. Yeah, we could. We can do it through Podbean. That we we actually have. Well, got no, that. we can do it through Zoom. Yeah, but we've also yeah. Well, people have to email us to say whether they'd like to do that. So yeah. there's there's something we can say right now is that what is our um, email address? Home class movie chat at no hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. Right. So what you need to do is if you want to join us on a Zoom call and actually be a one of a what a participant in one of our podcasts. Um, we are very, audience. <laughs> yeah, we're very happy to have you as a as a guest host in the uh, on the podcast. So all you've got to do is you have to actually send an email, and you got to let tell us why you'd like to be a guest host on the and podcast, and what movie you'd like to do, and we will certainly do it, and we'll put it up on uh, on uh, Zoom chat, and we can all be doing this. Cool. So there's there's something as a little bit of homework for people. Yeah, that could be fun. Hello that would at be homeclassmoviechat.com. Anyway, back to the movie. Ding. <laughs> That's six. Oh, it's five, is it? No, my one ahead of myself. Lost... Okay, we'll go with six. So yeah, anyway, um, so Vizzini and the man in black have a have a battle of the wits. Vizzini loses, and now he's dead. Buttercup. Now he takes Buttercup prisoner. This is the man in black. Um, and they flee, stopping near a gorge. No, 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 no. Sorry, yes. I just remember. So he stands her up. Back. He takes off her blindfold, right. and she's like, "It doesn't matter where you go because Pence Humperdinck will find me." And he will. And he starts goading her, and he's like, "Oh, well, how long did you wait after your after your supposed true love died? A week." That's right. And she's like, "I died that day." You know, and, and I don't care who you are, but, but, you know, whatever. He's like, oh, so you expect your true love to come after you? He's like, she's like, I never said he was my true love. And she's like, I know who you are. You're the Dread Pirate Roberts. And he's like, I admit it with pride. Yes, and, I am. And then she's like, you know, he, he's just, and, and she's like, well, you killed my love. And she shoves him. And she's like, and I, you know, I basically want you to die. Like you, like you killed him, and she shoves him, and he falls down the hill. And as he's rolling down the hill, you hear "As you wish," <laughs> and she's like, oh, "Wesley, my poor Wesley!" And then she goes ass over tea kettle down the hill too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that is exactly what it says. Yeah. No, it, it says when um, while tumbling down, he shouts, "As you wish." Realizing it's Wesley, she throws herself into the gorge after him, and they are reunited. And she's like, what happened? You were killed. He's like, well, actually, I was taken. He says, the story that I told you um, is absolutely true. I was taken prisoner by the Dread Pirate Roberts, and all I said was, please, I must live. 
And when he asked why, I said, true love. I have to get back to my true love. And he said, all right, Wesley, well, go have a good sleep. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. And this went on for like five years. And he kept saying, good night, Wesley. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. But in the meantime, he taught him everything he knew. Swordplay, piracy, sailing, it all. And then there came a day where he decided, it turned, and he says, Wesley, come in. I have to talk to you. I have something to tell you. I am not the Dread Pirate, Dread Pirate Roberts. I, and his name was like Stanley or something. He says, but nobody would, would, you know, be afraid of, you know, the Dread Pirate Stanley. So yeah. he said, it, and it happened that the Dread Pirate Roberts wanted to retire. So he gave it to me just like I'm going to do to you. So we pulled into port, took on a whole new crew with him as the first mate, to always the whole time calling him the Dread Pri- Pirate, Pirate Roberts. And then... So Wesley became known as, you know, and that and, and the and it But that's something on. that it does say here. It says, um, Wesley explains how the Dread Pirate Roberts is a title that is passed on to others. He took it so the previous Roberts could retire. And that's how they actually worded it. That's how they worded that one out. Is that he he's basically um it's a, it's a, as you said, it's just a name that follows each person. And when they retire, they've got to have a successor. And this actually shows up later in the film as well. That's a key that's a key point to remember for later in the film. Okay. That sounds good. Having found Buttercup, Wesley wants to surrender the title to another. Humperdinck captures the pair after they emerge from the dangerous fire swamp. Oh, come on. We cannot skip over the entire fire swamp. <laughs> because they, they hear them coming. They see them up at the top of the ridge and they go into the fire swamp. And she's like... But 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 we can't go in there. No one survives there. He's like, oh, that, you're only saying that because no one has. <laughs> you haven't been in here with me yet. Yeah. So so they go in, and you and after walking a little bit, you hear this weird popping noise, and all of a sudden it bursts into flame. So right. it she, catches her dress on so fire. So he swings her down, and they put out her her dress. And he's like, oh, got a little bit singed there, did you? With the little raised eyebrow to her. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and okay, so they continue walking on. And then she steps into a quicksand thing. And he grabs um, a vine and charges in after her and pulls them both out. That's right. And, and she's like, yeah. okay, well. And he's like, see, now we can live in here quite nicely because... Um, you know, there's only the three dangers of the fire swamp, the, 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 the explosions. And, and we know now that there's a popping noise right before they happen. And this quicksand, quicksand. which you so loving, which you so kindly pointed out for us and found for us. So now we know how to avoid that. And we know what it looks like. And she says, well, what about the rodents of unusual size? And he's like, oh, I don't think those actually exist. And then is immediately attacked by a rodent of un- un- unusual size. Yeah. It comes out from the from the uh, corner of one of the bushes and attacks um, Wesley. Yep. And of course, he goes through an entire um, fight scene until he hears the popping coming from the right hand side of him, and, and, he, throws, roll, and he rolls the rolls it over there, catches on fire, it catches on fire, and then stabs it. That's right. And then they continue on out of the. the, the and meanwhile, she's just standing there, completely useless, and and picks up a stick a stick and whacks it on the nose once, but otherwise she was totally useless during that scene. Yeah, she was not a um, as they as we always she say. She was no Marion Ravenwood. Yeah, she's not a badass. No. She's just one of those. I'll stand to the side while you fight. New fight for my honor, and I'll just sit here and wait for you. However, 
she is in the club of the of the phrase that I am the generation where I watched my princesses grow up to be generals. Yeah. She's Leia is one. Yeah. Buttercup is the other. When did when did Robin Wright plays Wonder Woman's aunt, the oh, one yeah. who taught her how to fight the general. Did she? Is that her? That's Robin Wright. Oh my god, I must have really gone off to sleep on this. No, she doesn't thing. look anything like herself. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she really doesn't. No, I wouldn't have thought that was that was the cuz well, okay, so Roman Wright is the Amazonian warrior princess that it was actually the She's the, the Amazon general. She's the Amazonian general. Yeah, she wow, is the I... sister of Wonder of Diana's mother and the leader and the general of the warrior clan. Jesus, she's toned up something fierce. Hasn't she, though? Holy but, crap. But yeah, so she started out as Princess Buttercup and became the general of the of the Wonder Women. See? I didn't even know that one. Yeah. So that's why we say our princesses, plural, grew up to be generals, plural. Because I'm, it's, I'm it's always, Leia and Buttercup. I'm always just really glad that we actually got to see our princess, Princess Leia, grow up to or develop into a general. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Don't make me start crying. I won't. You you had enough for the other other movie. Well, we don't did. start talking about Carrie Fisher then. All right, fair enough. Ding. <laughs> yeah. So so then and then after that battle, they and they emerge from the, the fire, swamp. fire swamp and are surrounded by Humperdinck's men. Humperdinck catches the pre, the pair after they emerge from the dangerous fire swamp. Buttercup agrees to return with Humperdinck after he promises to release Wesley. He then secretly orders his sadistic visor. Count Rugen, is that Rugen? Rugen, yeah. Rogan. Rogan to take Wesley to his torture chamber, okay. the pit of despair. Now the dun, dun, dun. the um scene where they emerge, we've got you surrounded. We'll never give up. No, 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 no. To the, I'll fight to the death. What if you let him go? What? <laughs> and both of the men are like, what? <laughs> I just, I, I just found that really, really fun. That part of it where they were all but surrounded. But you don't hurt him. You promise not to hurt him. What? <laughs> As I said, this is where she becomes just this little screaming little Mimi. Yeah, but of. it was, uh, but it was just so hilarious how both of them are like having this massive testosterone pissing contest, and she's like, "Do you promise not to hurt him?" And both of them are like, "What?" <laughs> I know because his the first... exact same expression and look on their face of what. Yeah, because his first thought would be, I'm going to kill him right mm -hmm. here, right now. Yeah. I mean, because we all, I mean, we're going to find out what the And it's like, you'll take her back over my dead body. And then she's like, do you promise not to hurt him? And they're both like, what? That's not yeah. part of this. Because <laughs> we, we already know what Humperdinck wants. I mean, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really, he has to, he has to find somebody to marry. Um, was it, was we it get just... to his motives in a couple of scenes. Oh, okay. Um, so... Humperdinck agrees to not hurt him to get Buttercup to return and then pulls Count Rogan aside and is like, okay, yes. take him to the pit of despair. Yeah. Yeah. And basically do uh, do away with him. Mm, and he's like, well, no, you can use him for your research. And before Wesley is knocked out, Wesley notices that Count Rogan has six fingers on, on his, his hand. right hand. On his right hand. Dun, dun, dun. That is a dun, dun, dun moment because then you know for a fact that that is the six finger man that the Lego Montoya is looking for. Inigo, not Lego. I didn't say Lego Montoya. It sounds you say Lego. 
Elego Montoya? No, it's Inigo. Inigo. Whatever it is. Elego Montoya, Elego Montoya, Israel Mendoya. <sighs> you see what I, I have to put up with? I am Puss in Boots. You killed my father. Now you both shall die. <laughs> my name is Darth Vader. You killed my father. You <laughs> both must die. Okay, stop quoting Big Bang. <laughs> <laughs> We could do so many Big Bang um, episodes on this podcast. I know, hilarious. we really could. I'm sure there are people listening to this going, what? What is, <laughs> what? What are they? Yes, are yes, they dear listeners, we are obsessed with the Big Bang Theory, sorry. Yeah, so if, if ever any cast members of the Big Bang Theory ever find this podcast, please send us an email to say you've listened to it because we think you're awesome. Oh my God, we would totally fan, fangirl, fanboy off on that. Oh, I'm telling you what, I, I would fan, I'd fan everything. I'd probably fan myself to death. <laughs> That's done. This is the clean show, honey. I did not say anything. Well, let's not go there. Ding. That's nine. <laughs> so, um, Company falsely promises Buttercup he will search for Wesley. That, yeah, that so sense. so Wesley goes to him in his office and because he's like, well, I don't want to force you to marry me if you really don't love me. So we have let him go. Yes, but I will go find him. And we will find him. I will send my four fastest ships to the four corners to search for him. That's so right. Write four copies of a letter and we will send it. And if he comes back, I wish you both well. But if he doesn't, I hope that you will consider me. If he decides he doesn't want you anymore. However, we will know right now what the real reason is that Humperdinck wants to marry Buttercup. His real plan is to start a war with the neighboring country of Gilda by killing Buttercup and framing Gilda for her death. Well, That's now the way reason. that that comes out is really much more cold. Oh, no. It is, oh, it's very, very cold. So, I, I, when so I... Count Rogan is in there with him, and after Buttercup leaves, he turns to him and he says, would you like to come with me? I know you enjoy watching my research. And he says, oh, but you know how much I love watching you work, but, but right I have, now. but I have a my wedding to plan my fiance to murder on her on our wedding night and gilder to flame frame Frame for her for a death start the war yeah i i just i'm just i'm just over overwhelmed and this is why chris sarandon i think was a perfect choice of this of a character that he's playing because it is so so cold that his whole idea is just to basically frame the, the the gilder for um her death he just he just needed to find somebody yeah and it just happened to be Buttercup that he found as the most convenient person to to have murdered. But when he's saying, "Oh well, I need to, ha- you know, organize it so my wife is killed on our wedding night," that is just that's he, yeah, it's just so it's shit. like it's like it's like, and I have to do laundry. But <laughs> the, she it has really is like that recurring dream, and where this old woman, where where everyone's bowing to her, and excuse me, where he's like. Your queen, Buttercup. And she walks out and everyone bows. And this old woman stands up. And she's like, go ahead. Bow to her. Bow to her, the queen of putrescence, the queen of garbage. She had true love in her hand. And he lives, yet she marries another. Bow to her. Bow to the queen of putrescence. And just all of this vile stuff. Boo, boo. Boo! Boo! And it just, okay. I love that scene. You think? Oh, hush. Holy da hoolies. <laughs> you know, you're going to give me a complex. <laughs> I'm not. You're sitting at the beach. You, how could you have a complex? Look look behind you. Look at the... 
I am not at the beach. It's a virtual background, is. and you She's know it. She's sitting on the beach, and it looks lovely. She's very relaxed out there. Well, <laughs> they can't see it. Stop torturing their listeners. <laughs> um, so then, so then we go. Meanwhile, to... Indigo, Indigo Montoya, Inigo, Inigo Montoya, and Physic are reunited after Humperdinck orders thieves to be arrested in the nearby forest. He skipped over the whole thing where he where we where we learn what the pit of despair is. I didn't realize what the pit of despair was. It's just, it's just a torture chamber, isn't it? But we don't know that yet because we haven't been there yet. All right. So we're going to the pit of despair. So when we think that Wesley's been released, then we cut to the albino. Oh, yeah. That, the guy and that... Wesley is strapped to the table. Is he like the, is he like the assistant? Yeah. Isn't he? he? He's Rogan's assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I thought and, he was the one that was actually going to do that. And the Wesley's tied to this table and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, where am I? And he's like, you're in the pit of despair. <coughs> the pit of despair. Now, just hold it there for a second. Now, when he's on that, that, that table and uh, Rogan opens up the water to whatever, mm -hmm. what is that supposed to be doing to him? Is it supposed to be stretching him? No, it sucks a year of life out of him. He's got suction cups all over him, remember? Oh, I thought it was like to stretch him. No. I must have really fallen asleep during this. Yeah, you just weren't paying attention because you just really didn't wasn't. care. But, uh, but, uh, but even though you were in the presence of a great movie. Um, yes. No, Rogan, and Rogan's like, now, now remember, this is for research. So please be specific. So it was only one. Uh, so, okay, so each. So he says, you know, in, instead of um, whatever, I, you know, the, these suction cups have taken a year of your life. Tell me, how do you feel? And Wesley starts to cry. He's like, oh, interesting. Okay. And then it goes on. And then it goes. Then and, it goes. So he, um, so then it goes back to Humperdinck, and he calls in the captain of the guard, and he says, "I want the thieves' forest emptied because there is a threat, saying that something will happen to Buttercup on our wedding night, and I want the thieves' forest cleared." And that's when oh, Fezzik that's is part right. of the brute squad, and. Um, and Nigo is that's the, how they're reunited. Created saying, "Okay, Vizini, you told me to go back to where you found me. Well, I'm here. I'm waiting for you, and I will not leave because I am waiting for Vizini." And that's when Fezzik comes and finds him, and he picks him up. And there's that beautiful moment where Andre the Giant puts his hand out, and Mandy Patinkin is looking at his little tiny hand inside of Andre the Giant's going, "What?" He's yeah. Like, and and they find and he nurses him back to health. And that, that would actually give you a very, very good uh, idea of just how big Andre the Giant's hands yeah, are. Yeah, because Matthew Patinkin is not a small man. No, because I was I was, I was realizing that at one stage when, um, if, I, if I go a bit too far, but anyway, Andre the Giant puts his hand on um, Wesley's head and his entire head is encased in his hand. Yeah. yeah. That's how big that guy was. Yeah, he was massive. He was a big boy. So that's that's right. That's Those how two they were reunited, which is beautiful. That's, that's how they re they they reunited. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Physic tells uh, Inigo about Rogan, about Rogan. Sorry, Rugen. Count Inigo, Rogan. Yeah, yeah, Count Rogan. Inigo decides Wesley's he decides Wesley's help is needed to storm the castle. So what happens is that while he's laying on the table, um, uh, Prince whatever his name is. Humperdinck. Humperdinck. Okay, so Prince Humperdinck has, comes into the room. He comes storming in, and he's like, 
she still loves you. You, you know, I, I'm not going to put up with anybody having true love. If I can't have it, nobody can. And he takes the um, thing and he shoves it up to 50. And That's Rogan's right. like, no, it's 50. You'll kill him. And he's like, I don't care. That's right. And that's when he's, he's all the life's being sucked out of him. But yes. at that, at that moment, how did he get out of that? I don't remember. And I okay. hate to admit it, but I fell asleep because I was exhausted. Yeah. I can't remember how he got out of there, but he got out, he got out some way. I, I, so I, I must have. They get him out. They got him out. And then, then of course that's when Inigo Montoya decides that Wesley's help is needed because he actually is a very good swordsman. And, and he, he oh, is that's like, right. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's right. They were watching and they found the um, albino and they followed him oh. back to the tree and they, they, um, and they bop him on the head and they get rid of him. And Inigo is, is, it has the, looks like they're the in a forest and he kneels down and he prays to his father's spirit to guide him to find the man in black to help avenge him and his sword goes in presses the knot on the tree and the tree opens and they go down and find him and take him out that's how they did it yes yeah, that's right. sorry i just i, I remembered just yeah i yeah. remembered just how they did which that is one. actually a really beautiful scene of Inigo montoya <laughs> it is buttercup accuses humberding of failing to search for wesley because he says he's gonna, um, they're gonna go on a cruise for their honeymoon with his entire armada, and she's like, "But except for your four fastest ships," and he's like, "What? Oh, right, yes, of course. Without my four fastest ships." And then and she that, realizes he's been lying to her. Yeah, and that's where that moment when it's like, "You didn't send anyone. There is nobody out out there looking nope. for him." Nope. And then it's basically like you know, it's almost like we'll just grow up and puts her into a room and and locks the door on her. Yes. So he's basically imprisoned her in, in this room. Uh, Humberding impris imprisons Buttercup and tortures Wesley seemingly to death. Yes. Inigo and Fezzik, who have heard and followed Wesley's wails through the forest, finds his body and brings him to the into Miracle Max. Merrick, oh, this is one of the best healer. scenes in the movie. Miracle Max and his wife. This is Billy Crystal and Car Carol Kane at their best. <laughs> Max revives the mostly dead Wesley, though he is... <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not skimming over this scene. Okay, cool. All right. We are not skimming over this scene. All right. So they they knock on the door and they're like, you know, are you Miracle Max? Who wants to know? And he's like, yeah, you. You are the Brute Squad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've, I've got the Brute Squad out here. Yeah, I'm part of the Brute Squad. As I'm He's like, no, you here. are the Brute Squad. But yeah. He's so big. And he... um. And he's just, and, and, and I remember that this is where we talk about the MLT, the mutton, lettuce, and tomato, when the mutton's nice and tender. <laughs> you know, and Billy Crystal's like totally riffing off on all of this stuff. And so, and, and it's like, well, we want to, we, we, we want to take away Prince Humperdinck's happiness. Yeah. And he's like, no, do not say that name. No, no, no. I'm, and, and he's about to shut the door. And that's when Carol Kane comes in. Humperdinck. And he's like, no, do not say that. Humperdinck, 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 Humperdinck. That's <laughs> right, and chases him around the place. And it's like, why do you want to do this? And it's like, um, so they, they take the pill. That's right. And they coat I, it in chocolate because it goes yep. down easier with chocolate. It does. And they, put, they, they get him, they swallow it down because he's not dead They because they push on his belly and they realize he's only mostly dead. Mostly dead, yes. But there's still a little life left. <sighs> and... So, the, so they get the pill down him and then, okay, okay. So what is so important that you're not dead? And they, they push on him. He's like, true love. 
There, see, true love. What is more noble than true love? No. He said to blave, which means to... <laughs> to bluff and whatever. And that's when, oh, that's right. That's when Carol Kane comes in. She's like, no, you lied. You, you just don't want to go up against ever since Humperdinck fired you. Don't you say that name, witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. <laughs> Oh my God, that guy. And so they explained to them how, you know, it's like, okay, so we've given him, now that's right, now we've given him the pill. It'll bring him back, but it takes about an hour and don't go swimming for at least three. Because he's temporary, he's left extremely debilitated. Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. You think they'll make it? Not a chance. Bye. <laughs> to Wesley. <laughs> After Wesley, Inigo, and Fezzik infiltrate the castle, Humperdick panics and orders the, the in-progress wedding ceremony to be shortened. Okay. First of all, they're on the, the top of the castle trying to figure out how to get in because there's at least 60 men guarding the castle. That's, and it's like, well, true. how are we going to do this? If, if we just had an apocalypse cloak, oh, you mean like this? Where did you get that? Oh, Max gave it to me because it fit really well. So they put Andre the Giant on a uh, wheelbarrow, and they light him on. They light him up because the apocalypse cloak is fireproof. It just burns and looks really scary. And they come in. I am the Dread Pirate Robot. There will be no survivors. And everybody scatters, except for the 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 captain of the guard and he gives them the keys and then runs away <laughs> and that's how they get into the castle <laughs> okay so the wedding the wedding is shortened and it when i say it's shortened it is massively shortened it, so, it, so so then we have peter cook from monty python fame as is that who it was as the art it was peter cook oh my god i was trying to work out who the hell this bloody person was and i knew i kind of recognized his face what? But because he had all because he had, yeah because he had all the stuff on him man and wife it, say man and wife and I, I couldn't get a complete picture yeah, of who Peter the Cook hell it from is. From Monty Python fame. Oh my god. Yeah. Jeez, he he was good in this. this oh, scene. he was brilliant. Yeah. He really That's was. That's another one. The wav, wav. And 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 then he realizes, and then Humperdinck realizes what's going on, and they just started the ceremony. He's like, man and wife, say man and wife, man and wife, and then and then everybody goes to scatter. Because then, then Humberdink goes take my take my wife to the to the bridal, bridal chamber, bridal chamber, and he has to go off and try and fight. Right, um, and and I love physics. the fact that she stops in the hallway with the king, and kisses him on the cheek and says, "Thank you for being so kind to me." And he's just like, "She kissed me." Yeah, <laughs> but I think at that stage, doesn't he say it's a shame you have to die, or that? No. No. I don't think so. No. I thought it was. Um, so Inigo finds Rogan. Yeah, this is a beautiful scene. And decides to duel him. Well, no, actually, he, oh, yeah, because he, he, he sees him and he goes to start to duel him and Count Rogan literally lifts his skirts and runs. Oh, he does. Yes. Cause he, cause he and and goes through a door. And Wes and and Vezig is carrying Wesley, kind of half dragging, half carrying Wesley in. 
and he locked and Rogan locks the door behind him and Inigo can't get through it and he can't break it down. He's like bouncing off of it and he's screaming bloody murder for Fezzik to come and help him. And, and he, puts, he puts Wesley down because Wesley. No, still... he puts he, he hangs him on a suit of armor. That's right. And because Wesley's and he's like, still I'll be right around. back. And he comes over and he pushes the door in and then motions for Inigo to continue his chase and then goes back and Wesley's gone. That's right. He he's disappeared. Yeah. But in, and then it cuts back to Inigo um, finally cornering Count Rogan, and we hear for the first time, "Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die." He's like, "You must be that Spanish brat from all those years ago," and he um, stabs him. And, and like hits him in the arm so his his sword arm is down and now hang on now well, well, now when, when people are trying to work out who they're stabbing so Ro- oh, count sorry, rogan count has rogan already stabbed, stabbed in ego so he's he's got him down right now. yeah and he's bleeding badly he's actually hurt quite badly yeah and rogan thinks that he has won and then in the oh i love this scene so much Inigo is like you know, Hello, and, and, and he's like, yes, you killed my father. And then and, and Count Rogan comes in for the kill and the sword comes up and he blocks him. That's Hello. right. My name is Inigo Montoya. Boom. You killed my father. Boom. And then, of course, die. Count Rogan sitting there going, why are you continuously saying this? And like, well, and then and then he, he perks up and, oh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And, he's, and, and he really comes back to life and he's like, stop saying that. And then yeah. he's, and then he re, and then he just keeps saying it over and over, and he's charging him, and then he stabs him where in in the side, and then in the arm, the same places where Rogan stabbed him, and cuts his face as well. well hold on, getting to that. All right, sorry. And then he Ding. has, and then he's like leaning up against the wall, and he realizes that he has been bested by Inigo Montoya, and Inigo Montoya is like. Offer me gold, offer me whatever, and he's like anything you want, and he's like you know offer offer me you know beg for your life, and he cuts him on one side, offer me gold on the other side, cuts him his face on the other side, he's like anything you want, and he looks at him and he says I want my father back, and then he kills him, and stabs him through the yeah, and stabs him through the heart, and it's yeah. just ah. And you and it's just it's just so you don't often see revenge ending well, but that was done really well. But that, that one, one was justice. It really was. Wesley locates Buttercup, who is about to commit suicide, believing she is married to Humperdinck. And this is one of the best lines of all time. And I'll be quiet when you say it. Is it actually? You should say it to me. But there you go. I can't even remember it. There's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It would be a shame to ruin yours. <laughs> and that's when she realizes Wesley's in the room. You see, I can't say that on the podcast because it's a G-rated podcast. <laughs> and so she goes flying, and he's lying on the bed, and she comes flying onto him, and she's kissing his face and everything. And she's like, "Why aren't you you kissing? You know, kissing? Why aren't you holding me? Why aren't you?" And he's like, "Gently." And she's like, "What? Gently?" Because he That's can't right, really move yet. No, he's, he's still slowly coming back to yeah. life with uh, with what um, Miracle Max has done for him to try and get him back to life. But he was did say it's going to take a little while for you to yeah. become fully functional. And then again. Humperdinck comes into the room and finds them. 
And well, well, actually, so he's she's like, but but I married someone else. And he's like, no, you didn't. She's like, but I did. He said man and wife. He says, but did you agree to it? And she's like, no, he seemed to have sort of skipped over that part. And he's like, well, if you didn't say it, you didn't do it. Because it says, isn't Wesley, that right, Prince Humperdinck? Because Wesley assures her the marriage is invalid because she never completed her wedding vows. No, she didn't. That's the way that it goes when you don't when you don't say I you know I agree and it really was because he had sped up the entire ceremony mm-hmm. to say just just say man and wife man, man and wife and but even the but the thing is even he didn't say it so no, even he, he wasn't married oh he doesn't care he's going to be king as soon as his dad dies anyway but I did and I'd do it again too I did and I'd do it again too <laughs> with you I'd do it with, again with you with me yeah. All right, <laughs> it's getting this this podcast is getting better and better because we can like yes. we can be we can be co-host and host for the uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so then, so Prince Humperty comes in and he says that he thinks that Wesley is too weak to stand and hold his sword, and he's like, "Well, no, we're going to do battle to the death. I know. Let's get it on. Let's get on with it." And Wesley's like, "No, to the pain," and Humperty's like. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. That's right. I remember this line. I was, even I was sitting there going, what? To the pain? Yeah. He's like, first, your eyes and That's your right. lips and your your hands at the wrists, your feet at the ankle. And he's like, okay, I know. And then my ears, my again. He's like, no, I will leave your perfectly functioning ears so that the scream of every baby the cry of every child the scream of every woman dear god what is that thing echoes in your perfect ears that is to the pain that's pretty cold that, that's terrifying as well and and, and, and Humperdinck's like eh. oh shit <laughs> and he's like i think you're bluffing and that's when wesley stands up and he holds out his sword, and he's like, am I? <laughs> and that's when Humberdink goes, yeah, probably he's not. <laughs> and he's like, I'll give up. And so, so he says to Buttercup, um, tie him up. So he sits down, and she ties, and he's like, take a seat. So he does, and he tells uh, Buttercup to, to tie him up, and then he stumbles. And he's like, see, I knew he was bluffing. I knew he was bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, so you will have to live live the through the rest of your life with your cowardice. So Wesley and Buttercup then flee the castle. Uh, well, actually, they um, Inigo comes in at that point, and they open and they hear um, Fezzik down below, and they open the window, and he's, look what I found: four white horses. I thought we'd need four in case we found the lady. Hello, lady. <laughs> After killing Rogan, Inigo is unsure of what to do with his life. Wesley offers him the Dread Pirate Roberts title. How do you feel about piracy? <laughs> You'd make an which, excellent which, Dread Pirate which Roberts. Inigo considers. He does consider it. Mm, I think he'd make a great Dread Pirate Roberts. Physic has pursued... As he says, there's not a lot of money in revenge. No, there isn't. Not uh, after the after he's what he's done. He's, he's mm. finished now. Fezzik has procured four horses and he, Wesley, Buttercup, and Inigo escape. Wesley and Buttercup, safely reunited, share a passionate kiss. What? Well, no, no, no. I'll, I'll stop there. What? Why, why'd you stop, Grandpa? Oh, what's a kissing moment? Well, I, I suppose the kissing is okay there. <laughs> so, so, Grandpa? Yes? 
Will you come back and read it to me again tomorrow? Back in his as, bedroom. As you wish, says Grandpa. Back in his bedroom, the boy eagerly asks his grandpa to read him the story again the next day, which the grandfather replies, As you wish. Didn't I just say that? You did, but I wanted to <laughs> have the last little bit. Fade to black, and then we have the credits. God, End I love of that movie. I'm actually really, really impressed of how well you know this movie. I mean, it's it's not, it shouldn't be one of those. Oh, really? You didn't know how one how much I, I like this movie because you can quote it. It's such a quotable movie. For well, you. Uh, see, and that's the thing is I haven't seen it that many. It's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I have seen. I don't know, probably at least fifty, sixty times. But you seem to be able to quote this movie, and it's and it's definitely it's it's on the positive. It's not the negative on on this. What I'm saying is that you seem to be able to quote this movie a lot easier than what you'd be able to quote Raiders. I mean, you just it just flows from you with this one. It, it well, no, it's pretty much the same with Raiders if you ask me, but No, you it really? this seems to be this seems to be a lot more credible than what you were doing in Raiders. This movie has quotable quotes. Yeah. Like like you can use them in other context kind of quotes. It's it I always say someday I want to create a game that is just um basically conversations in movie quotes see the, as i said the inigo montoya thing i because i hadn't remembered where it first came out when i heard howard and raj and big bang saying that i'm like oh I, I thought it sounded funny but i just i didn't know where it, i couldn't remember where it came from i know the first time inigo said the line you about died laughing <laughs> yeah because it's like oh that's where this is, is from but the thing is that if you see movies um whatever movie you see and then you you're watching a tv show and they quote the movie or they quote a part of the movie that you remember so then when you go and watch the movie again all you can see is those two saying it so when and when Inigo Montoya says you know I'm Inigo Montoya I didn't see Mandy Patinkin I saw Howard and Raj talking Raj, to each other in fencing class yeah, yeah in, fe in fencing class so but it, it is a very quotable you know thing but I mean the the inconceivable I didn't remember that at all you know, I'm surprised you didn't remember there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world that would be a no, shortage of damage yours. No, I didn't remember any of it. And yeah. as I said, I think it's because for me, this movie is, unfortunately, it's forgettable. It's not a movie that I would readily go and watch. See, I just I don't know how you can say that because well, it's, no, just, it's just such a clever film. But then, okay. But then again, if I said to you that I think Spaceballs is quite funny, what do you think of that one? Was Spaceballs Mel Brooks? Yeah, Mel Brooks and um, and uh, uh, Bill Pullman and um, no, it's a Mel Brooks and John Candy directed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, campy and so silly, borderline sophomoric, but I like Mel Brooks because Mel Brooks has an intelligence to his humor. Yeah, it's also got Rick Moranis in it as yeah, a I dark know. helmet. Yeah, um, but but that one I can I've seen and I've only seen that a couple of times. But I think that parts of those movie is is quite credible. See, but this I haven't seen I, I haven't seen it. So no, oh, you haven't seen Spaceballs. No. Okay, but this one for me just seems to be a little bit forgettable. You know, so well, you're silly. I know. So at the end of every. Okay, movie... okay so um, if you if you've stuck with us this long, listeners, thank you for doing that, um, and help us settle the bet. Leave a comment if you think that this is just a freaking awesome movie and you're part of Team Cat, or if you're silly like Paul and think that it's not, and well, you're just a poopy cat. <laughs> oh, that's that's. 
That's encouraging for our listeners. <laughs> if you but no, with... seri- seriously, please leave a comment where you listen to this podcast and tell us if you think this is an, if Princess Bride is an awesome movie or just okay and kind of forgettable. Which so if you go with Team Paul, you're basically a poopy head. Is that it? No, I won't say that. Okay, so if we give a movie rating, which we always do at the end of each, each movie, we do. We give a rating between zero to five movie reels. Zero being I want the last two hours of my life back. This one being 98 minutes. Or five being it's a perfect movie. I'd watch it again. Which What, what would you give that? This is going to be my first five. You're kidding me. No, I can watch this movie over and over and over again. Holy I love this movie crap. so much. That's a five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Everything two. from the soundtrack and the directing and the pacing and the script Everything about this movie to me is just perfect. The casting, the acting, everything to this in this movie to me is just perfect. Well, I'm going to give it a two. Was that? Um, I know. I'm sorry. It's 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 a okay movie. It's not oh, a good it's movie. It's better than it's at least a three. No, I'm giving it a two. That's all I can give that one. You, I can't believe you've given it a five. That twos are way. for bad movies. This is not a. No, bad... no, I didn't say it's bad. I said it's okay. Three is good. Four is excellent, and five I'd watch it again. Zero is I want the last two hours of my life back. Yeah, zero so, is I want to. Uh, all right, so um, a one, one is really bad. Two one is, is really bad. bad. Two Three is good. No, four two is, is very good. Five is perfection. Well, I'm giving it a two for an okay movie. Well, no, that would be a three. I'm just saying. All right. Well, if you want me to make give it a, an okay movie, then it's a three out of five. Well, you're saying it's an okay movie, and then rating it as bad. So okay. So I'm going to go with a three. So it's an okay. okay movie. It's not one that I would I would run off to watch again. And if I don't watch this for the next five years, it's not going to worry me all that much. But that, was that Fred Savage's first movie role? I believe it was. And then it was Wonder Years he was doing after yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, Wonder Years was a couple of roles later. He did like oh, I... some after school specials and stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah, he, he he didn't have a huge role. Neither did Peter Falk in that one either. But then but again, they were it was beautiful. Yeah, but it, it was it was good. I mean, it was it was an it was an okay movie. Yeah, I'm I sorry to say, it can't be anything so better than a three. I'll give it a three. But okay. you pushed me up to a three. A I would have given three. it. A, okay, yeah, fine. I would have given it a two. But I'll give it a three because it's an okay movie. <laughs> So listeners, let us know what you think. And please feel free to reach out and follow us on social media uh, at Home Class Movie Chat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And email uh, hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. And of course, there is the website homeclassmoviechat.com, which I need to update. But we look forward to seeing you next time. Have we had fun today, Paul? We had a fun day today. I yeah, think that it was, as I said, it was an okay movie. Um, it, I'm sorry. It was a great movie. I love that movie. Can't do anything more than an okay movie. But we've got we've got some more movies. Apparently, you're going to be um, co-hosting um, the Horror Crypt podcast. Yep, I'm going to be week. making a guest appearance on the, the Horror Crypt. And we may even do it as a crossover episode and post it here doing um, a couple yeah, of things. We've got the exorcist coming up there and um the 1979 amityville horror amityville horror yeah yep so, so it will be two bonus episodes got some interesting stuff coming up for you so we hope you'll follow us on social media and keep in touch with there, us there and in the meantime thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you at the movies 
Thank you for joining us for the Home Class Movie Chat with Kat and Paul. Home Class Movie Chat is produced and edited by Create Your Change. If you would like to launch a podcast, please visit createyourchange.com.au. Please follow Home Class Movie Chat on social media and sign up for our newsletter at homeclassmoviechat.com so you can keep up with the latest news and promotions. We hope you enjoyed yourself today and will join us next time. If you did enjoy today's episode, please leave a review on the platform where you listen to this podcast. 